up, you media family? Vladimir Prognevsky here, and welcome to episode number 49 of the Ukrainian Podcast, where I serve our media family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Today's guest is Seth Benson. He's an interactive motion designer and founder of the Los Angeles motion design community called Madre. Seth, welcome to the show. Feel free to fill in the gaps from the intro and share something interesting about yourself that others don't know. Hi, thanks, Vladimir, for inviting me. It's really cool to be here. Uh, anything interesting about me is that I I used to play trombone when I was a, uh, a young child. And I played <laughs> a bunch of different uh, musical instruments before I settled on doing anything art-related that was motion or animation. So I was, used to be a musician. Do you still play it? Uh, sadly, no. But if I, could, if I could pick up a trombone, I think I could still play. I, I think I remember everything. Oh, nice. Now, tell me a little more about your uh, community. Sure, yeah. Um, I started Madre back, I, I want to say like three years ago, when I was working for uh, this production company in Los Angeles. And uh, the the genesis of the idea was just simply, I had no idea. I, I was new to Los Angeles. I didn't know too many people. I did a lot of motion design over in Scandinavia. And I just moved to LA. And I'm like, hey, I want to meet some people. And I was tasked at this production company to find a bunch of freelancers just in case we needed anybody. And well, I didn't, I didn't know anybody and I didn't really know of any group that really focused on motion designers. So I just thought, Hey, why don't I just start one? <laughs> nice. So this production company just signed a director whose name was G Monk. And I'm like, Hey, do you want to just kind of give a talk and we can invite all these motion designers around Los Angeles and see what happens. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we had limited time. And the first one, I think we, we had like two days uh, before we opened it up to the, the public. And within those two days, we managed to get like 100 people out. And G-Monk gave a talk. And that's how things were born. So throughout the past few years, we've just had different like local designers and directors and even studios kind of open up their... Uh, there's space and we invite a bunch of people out and they give a talk and beforehand we have drinks or just like a bunch of chats and conversation and same with after the talk and it's just kind of like a, a nice way to, to meet a bunch of motion designers and, and art directors and all this kind of thing in, uh, in Los Angeles. And where is your next event going to be? That's a good question. We, uh, we just had a really crazy event just last month uh, with people. And he invited out a bunch of people like, um, oh man, like just a bunch of people around uh, Los Angeles and Southern California. There happened to be like maybe 800 people that came out. Oh, wow. We rented a a venue and got a bunch of DJs and it was kind of crazy. So we're a little bit spent after that, (laughs) organizing that event. But monthly we have just, uh, you know, we just pick a bar and we have people come out and we, even if it's like five or 10 people. Or if it's 30 people, we just have little social times. Um, so I think our next event is going to be happening next week before Thanksgiving. Just kind of get people out to the bar and just meet some motion designers. That's awesome. And where can people find this event? Is it on? Do you guys have like a private Facebook group or something like that? Yeah, we have a Facebook group. We're also on Instagram. You can find us on, I think on Facebook, you can find us on uh, facebook.com slash, slash Madre Motion. And then on Instagram, we're L underspace A underspace Madre, M-A-D-R-E. And you can just kind of check there to see um, 
if you follow us on Instagram, we do little stories and we'll kind of update you with like, hey, here's what's happening. Check us out. Come out to this bar for any of the social events. And if there's anything big, we kind of like sort of bl- do a little social blast with flyers and, and such for any sort of larger event, like a, a talk or something. So it's pretty fun. That's pretty sweet. Awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. That's something you started a few years ago, grew to something this big. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it was pretty That's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> now let's start from the very beginning. Tell us how you got started in motion design, man. Love to hear that story. Yeah, it's pretty crazy just because, I mean, at all this time when I was a kid, I, I've loved animation and I've always had this thing in the back of my head, like, hey, you know what? I want to be an animator. But I just never, I don't know if it was because of fear, but I just never really kind of decided to just really kind of go for it. But uh, like, um, I've always done illustration and fine arts throughout my life. And I went to fine art school at University of Michigan, learned a lot there. And then I tried to kind of go for it as a fine artist during my 20s. And um, that just, that didn't really go well. Uh, I didn't really have the tool set, I don't think, or the the discipline or the know-how to really kind of navigate that whatsoever. So I struggled a bit there and um, kind of bounced around different cities. I, I lived in New York City. I lived um, overseas. I also lived in San Francisco for a long time, just kind of like doing odd jobs and kind of, and kind of trying to figure out what, what in the world I was trying to do. Until It wasn't until... Just quite recently, I would say around 2009, I just decided, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm, I'm getting old and I, I don't really have a direction. So let's kind of go back to this animation thing that I've, I've always loved and just kind of do it. Let's just, let's just commit and do it. So I pretty much, I mean, I, I still had a, like a fine art background and I did illustration and drew now and again. I didn't do it professionally, but I had always had that. So I felt okay with that decision. Let's see. I found a school that I really enjoyed that was offering motion design as a, a means to study. And that was, that was in high, that was in Sweden, this, this school called Hyper Island. And I was like, it seemed really cool because it was this school that was all about no professors, no teachers. You didn't get graded at the time. And it was more about just like throwing yourself into the deep end and just creating something that you wanted and and learning as you went. Hmm, interesting and, and concept. That's, yeah. And it seemed, it really resonated with me and I really wanted to, I, Hey, this sounds perfect. So I kind of just amassed everything that I hadn't worked on in the past, whatever, how many years, little bits and bobs and applied and got accepted and I went and it was, it, it really helped a lot. Um, it really kind of threw me in the deep end and I pretty much started from zero. I don't think I opened After Effects until like <laughs> the day I got accepted. So I was just oh, like, wow. yeah, <laughs> I was really, um, it was a Hail Mary, as I say, kind of like a, like, hey, let's, <laughs> let's just do it. Let's just try it. Um, but I landed there and it was the, the way that the school was set up. It just was really supportive of just the type of learning, I guess, that I like to do, which is just doing something and learning as I went. So I, that's what I did. And then finally, after like a year and a half, I went, I decided to venture out and do some internships around Scandinavia and Stockholm and, and Denmark. And that's where I really learned most of my skills 
honestly, by failing miserably <laughs> in, in certain like on the job kind of things, you know, I, I definitely had some bright moments and I had a lot of skills to fall back on like illustration and some graphic design, but that's where I really learned what it meant to be a professional in motion graphics and just the level of skills that you needed. And I was about halfway there and, but I wasn't quite there. So some of the projects that I worked on during those times, you know, I didn't quite execute them as, as well as I would have liked. And because of that, I, I learned super fast that, okay, I love motion graphics and animation, but I'm not quite skilled yet. So I'm just, you know, I just need to really practice and get really good. And I kind of had a, I kind of had a benchmark to understand how good I had to be or what sort of skills I had to be, whether it's, whether it was just visual plus motion, but also just like how fast you had to work. So it was really on the job training to be, to be honest. And I just, I just kind of, uh, and it was pretty, I think it was pretty difficult because when you looked at when I did any sort of illustration or drawing or, or fine art, I, that, those kind of skills I had been doing all my life. So it, I felt very confident and I felt very, um, like I, I, I was very, yeah, I could say confident if there's any sort of problems that I was having, getting something completed visually, I knew that I could eventually get there like later in the day or the next day. But with motion design or animation, I had no, I felt like I had no idea what in the hell I was doing. So, <laughs> oh. um, it just, it just felt like I knew that things that I was going to be making wasn't going to be up to my standard of what I thought was really good. So it was really a struggle to kind of go day in and day out to know that what I was presenting or what I was pr producing wasn't really good to me. <laughs> so it was a lot of, I, I think there's a, a year or two uh, professionally where I was just, I just knew that I had to kind of get through or over this hill of producing things that I, I didn't think was really good until I got to that moment where things clicked or just enough practice and enough knowing keyboard shortcuts or little, you know, tips and tricks and all those different software could get to a moment where I, I felt like I was confident and I was making good stuff. Uh, so yeah, I think that's like the hardest part. Now, how did you end up in Denmark? Curious <laughs> yeah. to find out. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I found because of finding that school, Hyper Island, uh, I just had such a great experience there. And with all the different people that I met and all the different designers, that's where my creative world was starting to blossom, I think. So I wanted to, after school, I really wanted to stay. You know, I felt like I was building something here and I, I had momentum. So I wanted to stay in Sweden or Denmark or, or just in that area where I was, I was making connections. Did you speak the language? I did a little bit. I, I taught myself a little bit. That's of, interesting. Of you kind of, of just moved there. Yeah, I just kind of, let's, I felt like I had, I, I had little to lose at that moment. I guess in my professional career, because I, I didn't feel like there was a lot going on. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to gamble huge and let's see what comes of it. Was education pretty expensive there? No, I mean, it was, it definitely costs some money, a fair amount of money that I'm still paying off. But if you compare it to 
here in the U.S., any sort of any sort of school that was offering some sort of motion design program were more art schools, were more private schools. And I think the at that time the the cost of tuition and stuff, even if it was for like a two year master's program, it was a lot more expensive than what was going on in Sweden. So it felt like also I just needed a different type of education as well. Um, I felt like in, in art school, fine art school, one of the, some of the skills that I was lacking was maybe because I didn't think it was necessary was, you know, self-promotion and how to, how to sell your art and how to sell yourself and any sort of like even operating in any sort of business sense. I didn't really understand or didn't really have those skills. And that's what this place was offering. And I felt like it was great. So to stay in Denmark I, or Scandinavia, I, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite motion design places, and it was called Frame. I just decided to say, hey, I just wrote them out of the blue and said, hey, can I join you guys as an intern? And they said, yeah. So I'm like, hey, sure. And it was sort of last minute too, because there's, I had just ended school, and there's maybe like a month before my funds would go would run out and maybe I'd have to go home or at least back to the U S and I didn't really want to do that at all. So I was just kind of like blasting out, you know, emails to all of my favorite places and frame was the first one that responded and said, yeah, come on down. So I went to, <laughs> I went to Denmark for like six months. It was fun. Wow. Nice. Now what's the, now you, you work in the United States. What's the difference in culture, like in the motion graphics culture between Scandinavian countries and, and LA is, is there a big difference how work is getting done? Not a huge, um, not a huge, huge difference. I mean, the motion design industry is so small, and I, and I feel like everybody is so, you know, everybody is so close and so forgiving and so generous to work with in this industry. At least that, from what I've, you know, from what I've experienced, I don't think there's too much difference. I think a, a big difference. If anything, it's just how it's structured in Scandinavia in general and how things work. Here in the U.S., there's a bit more hierarchy. There's a bit more of like a title and you kind of go up the chain, you know, like the it's less like a flat organization, which is what's, what's happening in Scandinavia, where everybody sort of has a, a say or some sort of input. I think at the end of the day, um, I, I don't know. I think it's I think there's just more of a feeling of your input you're able to provide some input. If I'm a freelancer here in the U.S., I, I feel like I'm there, depending on the role, if I'm there as just like a motion designer, I'm there to execute somebody's ideas opposed to me being able to provide some input on, onto maybe how things should be staged or how things should be moved. I think that's the big difference. But interacting with different designers and directors and such, I, I think it, there's not too much difference because... I mean, everybody, motion designers in general, I feel like are more generous to work with, at least in my experience. Do you ever plan on coming back? Going back to... to uh, Scandinavian countries? I would love to. <laughs> I would absolutely love to. I just visited there, not I think this past summer, went to Copenhagen again, and I was just like, oh man, I love this place. <laughs> it would be so much fun to go back. That's awesome. Now let's transition to a dark moment in your life, man. I want you to tell us the story of your worst moment in your creative journey. Take it away, man. The worst moment in my creative journey. You know, it's, I was thinking about that just for a little bit. And I think it was both my best and worst. 
Perfect. Um, I think it. I think it was at frame, but because it was my worst moment, it was also my best because I learned so much from that moment. What happened? Well, I came up with this really awesome idea, or I felt like to pitch <laughs> for a. I think it was like a, a, a show opener, and I had this really good idea, and I storyboarded it out, and it may have been really good, but they're like, "Yeah, okay, cool. Can you can you make this? Can you execute this?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I had no idea if I, if I could or not. I was just like, yeah, I can figure this out. <laughs> and I had no idea how to do it. Um, I think what happened, I think the idea was that there's this balloon and the string that was attached to the balloon would spell out all these words as this balloon would move about. And that was like pretty much the, the string was pretty much like writing out the titles to this show. But I had no idea how to do it. So I was struggling. I was basically given this project to do. And after like a, a couple sleepless nights trying to research how to do it, I just couldn't figure out how to do it, um, at least in 3D. So, uh, you know, a couple of days later when I was, it was time for me to show things, I just didn't have any. I didn't really have anything locked down and it was pretty rough and it wasn't good. And because it was on such a time schedule, they just kind of like took the project for me and, and gave it to other artists to accomplish. So I was kind of, you know, there I was with my tail between my legs, just kind of like, oh, man. Oh, man. Did that hurt your confidence a little bit? Oh, I, hell yeah, I did. It was, <laughs> well, it was not only that, but it just like kind of hurt trust. You know, like they Ouch. kind of trusted me to be like, yeah, you, you can do this. He's, he's very confident. But you know what I should have said? You know, I kind of don't know how to do this and really collaborated with somebody or not. I shouldn't have been a hero or try to be or by try to be a hero. It was actually a really good moment, too, because it, it kind of showed me, you know, not what not to do, but also to be very honest and to be very open. But also to it also really um, encouraged me to practice, encouraged me to practice a lot for me to be able to uh, to do something like this. Yeah. What's that saying? Under promise and over deliver. I guess that's a, that's like a safe thing to. Oh, totally. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Those are great words to live by. Maybe. (laughs) No, I I think I I always wanted to like try and, you know, try to make something really great, but, but also as far as workflow goes, try to keep things simple and not to, I think that's my big problem is I tried to like go into crazy details and have it be super complicated and insane. And I really don't need it to be. So I think, I mean, so right there, I'm like, it was such an embarrassing moment and, and everybody kind of lost trust in me. And I was just like feeling so bad. But at the same time, I have like these little, this moment to kind of look back on to say like, yeah, let's not, let's not replicate this. Let's. let's <laughs> that didn't be. feel good, right? Let's make yeah. sure it doesn't happen again in the future. <laughs> right. But it's also just like, it shows me like, hey, let's not, you know, let's keep things simple. Let's not, let's not be totally crazy. But you can make creative stuff and make amazing things without trying to be more than what you, more than what you have. Uh, simultaneously, I think you should be able to, if you want to get to a, a level, you should practice, and you should practice all the time. And I don't want to be in that position again where I'm like lost for a way to do something. When I have a really good idea, I should be practicing and practicing. But yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty bad. Now, what is what is the best advice you've ever received? Just in general. 
Well, how about, how about this? What, what advice would you give to someone who's uh, now graduating from college or high school that wants to get into the industry? Yeah. Um, uh, lean on your support system, I would say. A lot of the times that I've been in, in the situation, say if I'm freelancing somewhere, it, I, I just don't know everything, you know? And there's definitely a moment where I have to solve some sort of problem. And my support group being people who I went and graduated with from school or people I've worked with in the past, I've always tried to keep, you know, keep kept in touch with. I might float a little uh, question out there. Maybe it's technical, maybe it's, or maybe it's just like keeping in touch every so often and just like discussing ideas and discussing technical things. Uh, it's, it's a really nice thing to have, to be able to just kind of chat with somebody about different problems on the job. So I'd say like have a support group, have some sort of, um, you know, group, sort of like a brain trust, I should say, and and kind of lean on them for support and support them. It seems like boring advice, but it's helped me out in so many, in so many ways. Uh, especially now with like this, this community I'm trying to build, I'm meeting more and more and more people this way. And along the way, it also helps them and it helps me even find gigs. Like there's some, maybe somebody has reached out to some of them and they just can't take the, take the gig and they, they might reference you. So that, I think that's, that's a great thing is just to kind of build a community, build a support group and, and kind of contribute back to them and, and it will help raise the boats for everybody. How long have you been freelancing? Um, it's been, it's only been like two years, almost two and a half years. Was it a smooth transition for you? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I definitely made some mistakes in the beginning. A lot of them were more business related in the sense like what to charge and then, you know, all that kind of contract stuff. But as far as like, yeah, the transition has been pretty smooth. I think what, what, what I had been missing along the way as, as a freelancer is just like, feeling like I belong to some sort of team. I think I really enjoy that. So um, there's a, there, you, I kind of miss that a little bit, but it's been, it's been pretty good going from full-time to, to freelance. I really enjoy it. Do you have any advice on uh, what to charge clients? I know that's a, that's the number one topic. Everybody always wants to know, and it seems like everybody always gets that one wrong. Make some producer friends, I would say. <laughs> I think that's one that's of the big one. ways that I learned about, well, there are two ways that I learned about what to charge is I had the luxury of working for a production company and I was the only motion designer. So I had the privilege to be able to speak with my producer and set budgets. So I had an understanding of what this production company would charge, you know, and then what agency charges uh, their client and so on. So I was able to, through conversations with my producer, understand that sort of aspect for, to it. And if we ever needed any sort of freelancers, I had the luxury of knowing what this production company would pay based on the budget. So nice. I think the big thing is to befriend your producers. That's good advice. Really have a good conversation with them. And because that not only that, but they, you know, they, they need freelancers, they need motion designers and they need all the, they, they need like a whole pool of people to, to pull from. So even if it's from a moment's notice or just like a prolonged project, it's good to be on their lists. So I would, I would make a lot of producer friends and, and kind of chat with them about, you know, all this behind the scenes kind of stuff. 
because they all know. Do you use any kind of uh, online resources to stay organized? Something like Asana or I don't know, what are some good ones? Workflow, anything like that? No, I'm actually really bad. I mean, I may be, I may be organized. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's a big problem for me. Um, as far as like, I, I feel like I, I write a lot of things down. I have a, uh, I have like a to-do book, like a book that I have that's pay, all on paper, which is a little bit more old school, but like every day I'll like have, I'll have things planned out to do every day. Maybe if there's anything online, I have, I use like Google tasks I just, I don't know. I'm pretty much like brute force to-do list kind of person, usually on paper. Cause I need, I just need to write something down and I need to like make, I don't know, take a huge marker and just kind of like color things out on paper. If things are like an extended, like six week project, I need to know, I just need to see it. I need to like feel it. I I, I don't really use like a, an online software management thing that's a little bit different for except for finances i use something like quickbooks or something oh gotcha and i would i would advise using something like that because then you have like um it's nice to know who needs to pay you and when and all that good stuff and writing things off taxes yeah i'm really bad as far as like giving in you know suggestions as to uh <laughs> online no. stuff because I'm, I'm a little bit old school Dude, you should check out Notion.so. Someone from the community reached out from your community, community, and uh, his name is Dominic. This dude told me, dude, check out Notion.so, and I'm totally hooked. This thing is like, oh, better. I'm telling you, look into it. It's Notion.so. Again, I'm, I'm giving a shout out to Dominic. He's the one that told me about it. I'm hooked, man. This thing is like the bomb.com, man. You got to really look into it. It got my whole life organized. I spent like a whole day yesterday going through this thing. But anyway, this looks definitely good. check it out. Yeah, it's uh, I love how yeah, clean thanks. it is. It, I like, it's, the, it's I like awesome. the illustrations too. These are pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Dominic. Thanks for suggesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dominic is the man. Well, and in closing, man, what's coming up for you? Uh, let's see. I am, cur- I am currently um, still kind of planning out Madre stuff. And right now I've got a, a, a client that's, kind of got me on the hook for about six months so i'm just kind of like bouncing back and forth doing some interactive design and going back and forth between la and san francisco so that's been kind of an interesting life change uh but also i just wanted to call out the fact that in in a a few months i'm going to be getting married in may so that's a big life event and it's going to be pretty fun so nice that that should be pretty cool shout out to monica now how can people get in touch with you uh, yeah, give me a give me a an email over at Seth at decotora.tv. That's spelled D-E-K-O-T-O-R-A dot TV. And you can check out my portfolio there if you so want to. But yeah, write me an email at that and um uh I'll gladly have a chat with you uh, about motion design or my community, Madre in Los Angeles. Sounds good. Seth, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Vlad. Had a great time. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it on social media. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate, review, and subscribe to Ukraine Media Podcast on iTunes. That all helps a lot in ranking the show, and it would be greatly appreciated. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email me at vladimir at ukramedia.com. 
And as always, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to youcomedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,500 talented people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow. And it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Media Podcast. Bye-bye.